وصلي على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد فَإِنْ أَعْرَضُوا فَقُلْ أَنْذَرْتُكُمْ صَاعِقَةً مِثْلَ صَاعِقَةِ عَادٍ وَثَمُودٍ So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions that uh, he has uh, uh, revealed in each of the heavens its order, its procedure, method of operation. So in this sama. Uh, we have the order of protection, protecting the believers, protecting Wahi and protecting Nabuwa and the Anbiya, that's implied in the order, the Amr of this Sama, of this heaven under which we live. So the Quran will now discuss an order of this sama underneath which these events happen. That if they turn their backs out of disdain, um, then you must say, O Muhammad, I'm warning you about the destruction. Yeah? of a thunderbolt and the destruction of this lightning rod like that of Ad and Thamud meaning as the order of this Sama is that we have made this Sama Zayyanna Sama decorated, adorn the Sama of this dunya with lamps and with means of protection. Okay, so the lamps on earth are the Ambiya, and they have to be protected. And the Sama will then give the order to destroy those who want to destroy the Ambiya. Hifla. Yeah, so this is a continuation of that ayah. You, you must not read this ayah disjointed from the first previous ayah. They're connected. The connection is that if you turn away and you do not want to choose the guidance of these masabih on earth, masabih, the lamps, and the means of nur and everything. So these masabih are there. If you seek to extinguish their nur by assassinating them or persecuting them, then we will provide, according to the order of this summer, protection. And what is that protection? We'll destroy them. But this will be under the Amr of this summer. All right, so you have to appreciate that. There's a link between this ayah 
and the previous ayah in terms of now this is an example of that order. Ad and Thamud were both destroyed. So Ad and Thamud were both huge, giant people. And they had great architectural uh, skills. They were stonemasons and they would carve out Okay, things from stone and from mountains, even their dwellings, as you know, the Thamud's dwellings are still there in northern Arabia. And you can see how well they constructed their dwellings in the mountains. Remnants of that can be found in Petra, similar dwellings and similar carvings and tombs and all of that but not as much as the Thamud. The Ad were in the forbidden quarter, the empty desert in, towards the south of the Hijaz of Arabia, and uh, they were also living with means of irrigation and everything else that Allah provided them with, but that was their order. Um, so anyway... فَإِذْ جَاءَتْهُمُ الرُّسُلُ مِنْ بَيْنِ أَيْدِيهِمْ وَمِنْ خَلْفِهِمْ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا اللَّهِ قَالُوا لَوْ شَاءَ رَبُّنَا لَأَنْزَلَ مَلَائِكَةً فَإِنَّا بِمَا أُرْسِلْتُمْ بِهِ كَافِرُونَ okay, So they disturbed the order of revelation and they sought to ridicule and mock and uh, deride the prophets and the rusul who were sent to them and they said this So when the messengers came in front of them and from behind them, that they should not worship anyone except Allah, that they should not become, as you'll see in a moment, arrogant and, uh, what do you call it, uh, uh, very proud of their achievements and their abilities. What did they turn around and say? That if God wanted, if our Lord wanted, then he would have sent another order in order for us to believe, and he would have sent down the angels. Uh, then obviously uh, we are now going to disbelieve in whatever it is you've been sent with in your mind and so on. So they destroy that order and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now explains to us how he destroyed them. As far as Ad is concerned, okay, they sought to be dominant and arrogant on earth without any reason, without any justification. So if there is arrogance, then there has to be a justification in order to oppress the oppressor. Uh, You can do that and show might and power. But if there's no oppression and you are the oppressor, then that is بغير الحق. There's no justification for that. So they became arrogant without any reason, without any truth, and وَقَالُوا مَنْ أَشَدُّ مِنَّا قُوَّةٍ Something which is very familiar uh, in today's power struggle in the world. Who is more severe than us in power? Who has more power and might than we do? Allah then explains to them, أَوَلَمْ يَرُوا أَنَّ اللَّهَ الَّذِي خَلَقَهُمْ هُوَ أَشَدُّ مِنْهُمْ قُوَّةٍ don't they see that Allah, the one who has created them, uh, is much more powerful they are, than they are in might and strength and so on. And they would fight 
and resist our signs that these are the signs of Allah's creation and they would reject them and they would not appreciate that these are signs to show them that they are not the most powerful in the world. So we have signs today everywhere in the world that we're not in control. Hurricanes and droughts and then flooding and then, God forbid, earthquakes and tornadoes and typhoons, and everything fires. Uh, So we have all the elements coming at us uh, from the heavens, from the earth, from the sea, as signs to show us that we are not in total control. And we are very weak, and we are humbled in front of Allah. These are signs from Allah to show the human being that someone else is in control. But... Human beings being human beings, they will uh, dispute that. They will ignore that. In fact, it would never occur to them in their minds whatsoever, ever, that this is a sign from Allah to show them humility, humbleness, and their, their recourse is to Allah. If they do that, Allah will help them. But this was Ad. Ad had very strong irrigation skills. They were able to bring water. And they had a lush, almost garden-like life in the middle of the desert, and they had everything. And obviously now they found roots uh, uh, going all the way to where the Ard uh, and the well and the dwelling of Iram was there. So they found these trade routes going all the way there, which now confirms not that we need any confirmation from any geographical society, but I'm just sharing that with you so that you know that this is what the Qur'an is saying. We make tasdeeq of the Qur'an because it is the Qur'an, not because of scientific data. So our tasdeeq, our confirmation of the Qur'an is with iman, not through empirical data. That is secondary, even tertiary. Uh, we say, okay, fine, good, alhamdulillah, mashallah. Wonderful is collaborating and corroborative evidence is secondary evidence, is not primary. The primary evidence is that the Qur'an says so. That is primary, and that's how we read the Qur'an. فَأَرْسَلْنَا عَلَيْهِمْ رِيحًا صَلْصَرًا So what did we do? When they wanted to destroy the masabih, uh, the lambs, and uh, the means of guidance on earth, then we decided to destroy them. We wanted to protect this heaven we wanted protection for this heaven and the people who live underneath this heaven. So we took care of them. We sent upon them a very cold wind. Rihan sarsaran. Right, so the cold wind in the desert. It seems to be some kind of anomaly, but it was very severe, very strong. Fi ayyamin nahisatin. Meaning that these were days that are not good. The bad omen is because of the punishment, not because of the day. A yamin nahisatin, there's no bad omen in any day per se. The bad omen is what happened in that day. So that we may give them a taste of the punishment, uh, of the, what you call it, humility and humbleness in this world. And the punishment of the Akhirah, 
is much more humiliating and disgraceful than that, this punishment in the dunya. But in response to their supreme arrogance, we made them eat the humble pie. وَهُمْ لَا يُنصَرُونَ They are not to be helped or they are not to be assisted. So this is how Allah protected the Nabi of Ad with Hud salam from being you know, hurt and destroyed. Uh, and that is now, as I said, is part of the Amr of this Sama, as in the previous ayat. The order of this world is that there's going to be protection. For whom? For Nabuwa, for Ilm, for the Prophets, for Islam, for Deen, and so on. وَأَمَّا ثَمُودُ فَهَدَيْنَاهُمْ فَاسْتَحَبُّ الْعَمَى عَلَى الْهُدَى فَأَخَذَتْهُمْ صَاعِقَةُ الْعَذَابِ الْهُونِ بِمَا كَانُوا يَكْسِبُونَ And as for Thamud... Uh, so we did guide them, and they knew the truth, as is mentioned in the ayah. But they chose and preferred, and they sought to love misguidance, blindness over guidance. Uh, meaning they sought to love, and they sought to seek and prefer uh, misguidance, which is what is meant by blindness over guidance. The guidance is seen as light. And it gives you the ability to see because you have nur, you have night, you can see. Uh, then misguidance is when you are blind, you don't see the truth, you can't see anything when you're in the dark. So the Thamud knew that this was the truth, but they preferred and chose what was not the truth. So what happened to them? They also wanted to destroy Salih, salam, and they destroyed his she-camel. And after they did, did that, they, they uh, conspired to assassinate uh, Salih salam himself. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then took care of them because of the order of this sama, this order, this sama, this, this uh, world or the sky, heaven underneath which we live, has this now cause and effect that if you want to kill a Nabi assassinator, Nabi or Rasul especially, then we will protect that nur and we will send down hifza, means of protection, onto earth. This is how we dealt with uh, the people of Thamud, that uh, the thunderbolt of a humiliating punishment captured them, took them because of what they earned. It was their own deeds that caused this uh, so on. Part of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's protection for uh, this world and this sama, this heaven, is that he will save and protect those who believe and those who are pious and those who have taqwa. Okay? So this is now the order of this sama. So in that ayah, uh, which we read, uh, ayah number 12, that underneath every, in every heaven, there is an amr, there's an order. Okay, there, there, there's a cause and effect. So in this dunya, where we're under the protection of this heaven, the order is that once somebody decides to assassinate, execute a rasul or someone like him, and they want to extinguish the masabih, the lamps of hidayah, nur of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then Allah will uh, instruct this Sama uh, 
to go into protection and self-defense mode. And that is now why things happened the way they happened. So the command came from the Samar and then things happened on earth. The winds blew this way and this way and then people were destroyed this way. Okay, so we must see that as the Amr of this Samar. You must tie, as I said, those together. Then you can transition into the next discussion because now you're going into a discussion which does not deal with this world. Okay, we've told you now what happens in this world. Okay, we send messengers and messengers are refuted, denied, rejected and they are perhaps persecuted, even uh, people try to assassinate them. Then what we do is that we protect them from that destruction. In this world, what's going to happen in another world? The other world has its order, cause and effect. Right? So the day, remember the day when the enemies of Allah are gathered towards the fire. Meaning as they are resurrected, they're already facing the fire. Their direction is towards the fire, and they are separated, they are distributed as they are. Use are all they are, organized, distributed in platoons going towards the fire. That's the order of the Day of Judgment. This is what happens. That the cause of this now, uh, what do you call it, uh, organization of the Day of Judgment, and this uh, platoon and this direction towards Jahannam is because of their kufr. Mm. So the kufr leads to this. So much so that they will be separated and organized in groups and columns and platoons in such a way that their own hearing and their own seeing will testify against them, meaning their eyes and their ears will testify to whatever it is that they heard and whatever it is that they witnessed, observed, and whatever it is that they attested to. So then this is the order of that day. So that day follows different rules. In this world, we have different rules. And in that world, there are different rules. So the rules of the Day of Judgment are mentioned throughout the Qur'an, throughout the Sunnah, and throughout the statements of the Sahaba and Tabi'een. You can read those there. But this is one of those orders that this is going to be a natural phenomenon for that realm, for that alam. And what will happen is that the limbs of the bodies will start to testify, shahida, against them. وَجْلُودُهُمْ And more than that, their own skin. Uh, so their own skin will testify. So it's not just now the hearing and the seeing. Uh, so you have your five senses. So you have hearing and seeing and you have smelling and you have tasting and you have touching. So julud refers to the touching sense. that Through the sense of touching, their skin will testify against them for feeling and touching 
and sensing the kufr and the batil and all the other rejection, restraint, etc., that they perpetrated through their own bodies in this world because of what they did. Because of what they did. So what they did now is the cause for this effect. So that's the relationship between the two. One is the cause and the other is the effect. It's a natural phenomenon for those of you who believe in cause and effect. So you just expand that all the way to the barzakh, to the Day of Judgment, and also to the other places after the Day of Judgment. So that's how we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informing us that when you reject a Nabi or Rasul, this is what's going to happen. So you will be then defenseless. And they will be so defenseless. وَقَالُوا لِجُلُودِهِمْ لِمَا شَهِدْتُمْ عَلِيْنَا Why are you testifying against us? That you actually gave us no pleasure when we were doing this. So we sensed pleasure through you, meaning the skin. The sin is a skin, obviously, is part of you. And it's going to give you pleasure whenever there is a good sensation and so on. So they're saying that you are the tools by which you, we, we were able to derive pleasure from our kufr and everything else. So they will respond in the order that Allah has created for the Day of Judgment. قَالُوا أَنْتَقَنَ اللَّهُ الَّذِي أَنْتَقَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ They will say in response that Allah who has made everything speak is now allowing us to speak. So we can speak because Allah has made everything speak. أَنْتَقَ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ So what is that أَنْتَقَ that Allah allows everything to speak. That is mentioned in the previous ayah that we did last week where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the earth and the heaven to come willingly or unwillingly. Hmm. Right. Remember that ayah that we did last week? Yeah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Both of them said that we will come willingly. Hmm. So that is now Allah's ability to create speech in everything. Allah is that powerful. But that happens usually uh, before time and after time, not in time. So the order in time is that these things won't speak, um, except when Allah gives some kind of mojiza or something. So animals, they can speak, as we know from Sulaiman and his story of the uh, the bird speaking hudhud, right? Yeah. So the birds speak, as we know, they have a language, and also the ant speaking. The queen ant spoke to Sulaiman so we know they speak, and we also know wahi comes to the bee, the queen bee. So wahi, that meaning Allah's speech comes down upon all of these insects and animals and so on. So Allah does allow certain species to express themselves in this world, but they are more of a mojiza type of phenomenon than a part of the normal order. So within time is difficult, but outside of time, when Allah asks the heavens and earth 
to come that was before time. And when Allah will ask these, the skin to testify, it will be almost at the end of time, very close to the end of time. So this is what happens in that. So we don't know the order of things before time and after time. And that's the point. That Allah is the one who knows these orders and Allah is the one who is now giving us the ability today to testify against you. وَهُوَ خَلَقَكُمْ أَوَّلَ مَرَّةً He is the one. He has created you the first time uh, before you were born. Allah created your father Adam and then Hawa and then uh, placed them in Jannah and then they came down here and then through procreation you were created but it is to him alone you are returning. It is now to him that all of you are returning. So now people will be dumbfounded, literally they will be stuck and they will not be speaking because their skin will be speaking and their limbs will testify. So on that day, everybody will remain quiet. So that's how one way to keep human beings quiet. (laughs) Resurrect them and they'll just remain quiet. No shor, sharaba, no, uh, what do you call it, gupshap. There'll be no bickering and arguing and fighting. Everybody will khasha'atil aswatul rahman That the sounds will then just obey and become humble in front of the Rahman. So that's the day of complete silence. Even the Anbiya remain silent until Allah says, speak. Then the limbs and organs will testify, the skin will testify, and so on. So there is now life in these limbs and organs. Allah will create life in them a second time, man. It will because of that day, that day, everything's heightened. All the values on the day of judgment they heightened. They expanded. Okay. So everything that is there on the day is expanded. So it's huge, huge, huge. All the descriptions of the Day of Judgment, all the phenomenon that will happen, everything else, human beings and everything else, huge, huge, huge. Yeah. Anyway, that's the order of the Day of Judgment. وَمَا كُنْتُمْ تَسْتَطِرُونَ أَنْ يَشْهَدَ عَلَيْكُمْ سَمْعُكُمْ وَلَا بِصَارُكُمْ وَلَا جُلُودُكُمْ وَلَكِنْ ظَنَنْتُمْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَعْلَمُ كَثِيرًا مِمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ So the point here Allah is saying that it's not that you were hiding the fact that uh, your hearing and your seeing and your skin is testifying. That's not the major issue here. The major issue is that you assumed that Allah does not know most, most of what you do. Your issue is negligence, oblivion, ghafla. You lived in total ghafla oblivion and heedlessness in the world that you didn't care for anything. You were heedless, you were carefree, you were nonchalant about life and the consequences of your actions and you assume that Allah doesn't know anything. That's your problem. Your problem is not that they are testifying. Your problem is your ghafla and you have not yet awoke, awoke from that ghafla and you are still in denial of whatever it is you did. So we're not reproducing uh, anything except that which you did. 
So we're not bringing anything new to you. You know all this because you are your own uh, testimony against you. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reprimanding those human beings, the Ad and Thamud and others who are like them, that they will be met with despicable humility and humiliation. That Allah will humiliate them to the degree and extent that their own skin will testify and those who follow their lead, they will have the same fate. And that is how we are warned uh, from these ayahs, with these ayahs, that Allah is in control and Allah knows everything. And that is your dhan, your speculation and your assumption that you had assumed about your Lord. أردكم. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has now brought you down. He has rejected you. فَأَصْبَحْتُمْ مِنَ الْخَاصِرِينَ And you became amongst those who are losers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has now turned you away from his rahmah. And you are now where you are because of your own actions, your own heedlessness, ghafla, and your own kufr, rejection and disbelief. That is all on you. It has nothing to do with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is not unjust in any way whatsoever. So, here we see that human beings as mighty and powerful as they might become, as huge as they might be, as the Ad and Thamud were huge physically, and they were huge financially, they were huge in terms of their sophisticated uh, skill sets and their dwellings, they were huge in every way, their culture <coughs> and their economy, but that hugeness will be reduced to nothing if they do not assume and believe that in front of Allah they are nothing. That's the istikbar, the arrogance. So that is the lesson for all people today as they read the Qur'an, <coughs> that you must never assume that Allah is beyond you. You cannot take Allah for granted. Yeah. Then on the Day of Judgment, If they are to be patient on the Day of Judgment, it's too late. Why? Because the effect is already in place. Then the fire is an abode for them. There's an abode and they will have to go there. Yeah. And if they want to turn back and go back to the world to reform and refine themselves, it's too late also. They will not be given any kind of respite and they will not be answered in their request to do this and that. So we see here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala expanding the discussion that in this world there is cause and effect and it runs along with the order of this heaven and in the other world there's another order and it runs along the order of that day because there's no heaven there. There's no sky necessarily there. It's just existence and so on. So here Allah subhanahu is mentioned in another order in this world that we have now 
given them uh, companions, if you want to call them Qurana, mm, people who are with them. Mm. Uh, not quite stooges, but more people who are like-minded. <coughs> yeah. So we have confined these people to such companions and people who are like-minded uh, that they, they decorate and adorn for them what's in front of them, what's behind them. So this is now the idea of sohbah, of companionship, that you are going to be al-mar'u ala deen khalilihi. Man is on the deen of his friend. So you have to be careful uh, who your friends are. So if your friends believe in this ideology, this philosophy, this lifestyle, this mindset, you will do the same because you are friends. You're kareen, you're accompanying them and they're accompanying you. You're connected. The word karana is a show connection that you are connected to a lifestyle, ideology, a philosophy, fun, games, music, uh, partying, whatever, uh, sports. You're connected, or ideologies, philosophies, or religion. So you're all connected because you are connected to like minded people. And they want to make sure that that club remains, sustains itself, and even grows. So what do they do? Do they do? They decorate and adorn their ideas in front of each other. So they become, what do you call it, a mutual, uh, what do you call it, appreciation club. You appreciate each other, uh, each other's views. They can be views based on sin and evil. And they can be views based on false ideology and kufr and rejection. And they can be views based on uh, racism or uh, ideas of political governance and sociology, whatever, education. Mm. So you're going to have a kareen somewhere with you, either physically, uh, and if you're such an anti-social person that you don't have any friends, then God help you. Then your Qareen is the devil. The devil will be your Qareen. He is there to make sure this happens. So either way, you're going to have a Qareen. You're going to have somebody who is so close to you that he or she is going to prompt you and then encourage you, consolidate your thoughts and ideas, reassure you, and then motivate you to do what it is you're already doing. So it's compounded. So this is the meaning of Zayyanna that uh, they will adorn and decorate everything for each other so that the club and the group remains intact and they grow and grow and grow. And so on. that's why the issue of sohbah is huge in Islam. So in here we have the difference here that the ashab of the Rasul Sallallahu they're also companions and they're not seen as qareen or qurana. We don't use that word for the sahaba. We use ashab meaning they accompanied the Prophet ﷺ in his mission, in his worldview, and so on. So that is the difference between good and evil. So that's what they will do this, and they will have manifestos, whether it's written or unwritten, spoken, unspoken. They have rules of friendship and being together, whether spoken, unspoken, and that is how the world 
works. If nothing, then you might have tribal and family-based qareen, also family-based relationships with people, that your goal is to maintain and keep the family intact. That's also another way that you can look at this, those who don't have any ideology per se, outside of their blood and their tribe, they also suffer from the evil decoration of their fellow companions and so on. And then what happens eventually, ultimately, that the matter is resolved. Um, the matter, the qawl, the final word comes upon them. That's what this ayah means. The final word, al qawl al-fasl and al-qawl al-akhir, the final word comes upon them and their matter and their fate is now decided. Hmm. Just as in the previous generations before them, previous communities before them, previous umam and ummah before them, whether they're from the jinn or the ins, the jinn or ins. So here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala extends the conversation to include the jinn, because the jinn unfortunately have a role to play in the development, evolution, devolution of man also. They inspire man and they insinuate one or the other. Okay, so they do have the hidden forces within man. That's why I mentioned that if you don't have a physical friend, the devil is still there in you, the jinn. Huh? Yeah. So that's how you must see that you're not aloof from society totally. You can't escape the insinuations of your own qareen within you, as mentioned and will be mentioned later on uh, in the Surah, surah Zukhruf. Yeah. yeah, so this is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's order is with human beings in this world, that uh, companionship obviously breeds familiarity, and then eventually it leads to either goodness or destruction, depending on the purpose and the agenda, and also the, the value of that friendship. And so on. Innahum kanu khasirin. Indeed, they are losers. They will lose in this world and they will lose in the world hereafter. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is mentioning this order that within human beings they have this uh, phenomenon that they have to latch on to someone and something and so on. So having companions is good if they are now good. There's no harm in having friends and family circles and uh, groups uh, that do good things and so on. So that's mentioned in the Quran also, much earlier on, Surah An-Nisa. لا خير في كثير من نجواهم إلا من أمر بصدقة ومعروف وإصلاح بين الناس وما يفعل ذلك بذغاء مرضات الله فصف نوتيه أجر عظيمة. Okay, so that you can have uh, secret council and you can have meetings and you can have councils and you can do all of this. As long as you're instructing good and you're doing good and you're giving sadaqah and you are now uh, reconciliating, uh, reconciling amongst human beings, then that's all good. So you can have that kind of fraternity and that kind of friendship and that kind of association. There's nothing wrong with that if it's for the purpose of promoting good and goodness and welfare uh, based on obviously our values, Islamic values. And then Allah says, whoever does that, for we will give him tremendous ajar and reward. 
and we will not meet him with contempt, we will meet him with honor and acceptance and so on. So here, this is based on the people of Ad and Thamud, that when they got together, it was for the sake of uh, uh, arrogance, exploitation, depriving others of natural resources, because that's what they did. They had access to natural resources, and they deprived other communities from natural resources. They didn't share anything that Allah gave them, and they exploited, and they dominated, they manipulated, they monopolized. Okay, they were huge economic forces, and because of that, they held everybody hostage uh, because of their economic clout and their skill sets and their whatever industries that they had. Okay, so this is now in conjunction with that, that if you're going to do this, uh, then this will happen. You will be humiliated in the worst possible way, uh, sometimes in this world, uh, but most definitely in the other world. That is the unfortunate fruit of arrogance. So if arrogance is a tree, uh, you plant the seeds here, the trunk and the bark will grow here, the branches will grow here, and the fruits you will reap on the day of judgment and in the place afterwards. That's where you'll see the fruits, unfortunately. But it is cause and effect. Then you will lose out. You won't have anything to say to defend yourself at all uh, on that day. So that day has its own order, own rules. It's a realm in of itself. It's a dimension in of itself. You cannot equate the rule and order of this world with that one. There's a different, uh, what you call a dimension altogether, and you can't cross-reference one against the other or uh, try to bring one to the other because then it'll be a short fuse. Ah. And when you have a short fuse, you're not even confused, you're just diffused. Ah. You go away, you wither, you wither away, Allah will just punish you. So the idea is that you start the process of salvation in this world. And that is by Iman and by belief in the Prophets and the Prophet Muhammad and good deeds. And that will bear fruit in the other world. You cannot expect fruits of the other world in this world. So sometimes Muslims will have a good day. MashaAllah, we had a good day. We had over 1,200 years. Right? And sometimes we'll have a bad day. In the past 200 years, 150 years, we've been having bad days. <laughs> and, but that does not ex- that exempt us from receiving reward in the Akhirah. So you cannot publicize and have a manifesto that says that Muslims now should seek uh, glory in this world only because that is very secular. That is now very secular, very mundane. You have to seek order of the other world. So on the Day of Judgment, you don't want to be called إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا خَاسِرِينَ That you're losers. So if you have glory and domination in this world and the other world you're a loser, then that, that's not good. That's not Islamic. Right, so you have to be careful. How you regulate your order here. So everything, the, the, the problem is that Muslims divorce the Akhirah when they want to discuss goodness in the world. They discuss goodness in the world based on what we call the, uh, virtue ethics. Uh, and value ethics, which is not based on wahi or anything else. 
So we discuss ethics based on reward and punishment on the day of judgment. The reason why we help someone is because we want reward in the akhirah. It's not humanitarian. It's not humanism, as I've said several times before, because an atheist can do that too. You can theoretically have an atheistic government which does all the good things for humanity in this world. But they will be deprived in the akhirah. So on the day of judgment, إِنَّهُمْ كَانُوا خَاسِرِينَ فَأَصْبَحْتُمْ مِنَ الْخَاسِرِينَ You'll be a loser. So you, you can't uh, reduce Islam to this mundane, secular form of existence and ideals and philosophies and ideologies. If you do that, then you are a loser. So now, uh, with the world history, when you read world history, some communities have good days, and some communities have bad days. But obviously there's rules and reasons why that happened too. Cause and effect for that also. Okay, But what I'm saying, the mindset of a Muslim should be that I want to prosper on the Day of Judgment as well as trying to prosper in this world. So you don't want to be living in difficulty here. But if you are in difficulty, then you have to be patient. And that is the order for you here, so that the fruit is uh, over there. So anyway, uh, this, uh, these sequence of ayat are explaining, as I said, the order of the sama of this world. That in this world, uh, we are going to protect the masabi, the lamps of uh, guidance and the nur of guidance, from being extinguished and obliterated. Uh, by by sending down these means of protection, hifzah, and the way Allah did that was that when the prophets or the Rasul was now uh, threatened by death, they would kick into gear and they would be punished. And that's how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this order. On the day of judgment, you go into another mode, another mood, it's, it's, it's a different sequence of events, it's a different dimension, which has its own order. Fortunately for us, Wahi uh, gives us uh, an uh, understanding of that order also, which you cannot uh, receive just through speculation or through philosophy uh, or through thinking. So the benefit of Wahi is that it gives you information of what happens before time, and after time, which no one else in the world has access to. That's the benefit of prophethood. Anyway, we make dua that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keeps us in order in this world and also in the other worlds. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah, give us success in this world and in all the other worlds with afia and comfort. Ameen ya rabbal alameen wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayr khilqi. Muhammadin wa alihi wa sahabihi wa rahmatik ya rahman. Alhamdulillah.